Honorable Cherie Antoinette Bugs is a justice of the Supreme Court of the state of New York County of Queens. She is a Queens born native raised in St. Albans and Queens Village and having attended public schools in Bayside. She was elected to Supreme Court Queens County in November 2016 and have, after having served in family court for one year, in civil court for seven years, and for one year in Supreme Court as an acting Supreme Court Justice. Thank you, Justice Cherie. Bugs, welcome to our show. I, I want to thank you for joining me today on T's Table Talk. I am so honored to have the pleasure of Supreme Court Justice Cherie Bugs of the 11th uh, uh, Supreme Court District in Queens. How are you, Judge or Justice? I am How just, I, I am you? Doing just fine. <laughs> and thank you so much for uh, choosing me to be uh, one to be interviewed. I'm truly appreciative. Oh my goodness! First of all, you are so accomplished. So you are you are the chosen one. <laughs> Thank you for uh, giving uh, giving the tease table talk audience uh, the pleasure uh, and the and the honor of uh, getting to know uh, a little bit about you and uh, and you know in the future you know how can we um, you know um, be better. Uh, ourselves how can how you know using you as an example um you know it's 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 great for our community and again so i i thank you um so first of all i want to ask you just right off the bat you know we're 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 in a weird kind of strange uh situation here with covid how are you doing doing just fine i'm doing just fine thank you so much for asking you know um uh, it's not always easy to stay home uh, in the sense that I have a very young child who eats a lot of fruit and uh, get around <laughs> five fruit. Um, but uh, we try to stay in place as much as possible and, mm -hmm. um, you know, dealing with the homeschooling because my seven-year-old is in a public school and public schools are closed for the remainder of the school year. So doing that uh, has been um, um a positive challenge, let's say. You know, hoping okay. that it will look to me. So, um, so it's been good, and and I think we are benefiting by the time together. So, uh, so that's nice. a positive aspect of that. But nice. um, you know, praying that things uh, we're able to come out of this and uh, able to uh, at least have some semblance of normality in coming months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this the same. It's it's it it has its challenges. Um. Uh, but I, you know, just try to trying to stay positive uh, myself and stay focused and and you know, kind of, you know, immersed in my in my work or finding something to do when I'm not busy. <laughs> um, right. So, um, so I wanted to talk to you about, uh, you know, you're a Supreme Court justice, and uh, you know, I wanted to to ask you, you know, how you got your uh, interest in law. How did how did it begin? Well, uh, I would say that when I was a teenager uh, and in high school, uh, I just thought that uh, it would be something that I would be good at. I thought that I was uh, good at debating. Uh, I also thought that I was good at uh, some of the verbal uh, subjects uh, in school. And uh, I just thought that that would be uh, the thing that I should pursue. And uh, so that's what I did. You know, I graduated from Benjamin Cardozo High School uh, in Bayside. Uh, and then went to New York University, NYU undergrad, where I majored in psychology and journalism, minored in philosophy, and was a pre-law 
uh, students, you know, so I capped uh, to whatever I had decided when I was about uh, 15 years old. And uh, after graduating from uh, NYU at the age of 20, I then started uh, Temple Law School uh, down in Philadelphia. And I uh, graduated uh, from there three years later when I was 23. So um, it's been a pretty good fit for me. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I would on. say so. <laughs> Thank you. You know, earlier yes. on in, in my career, I decided I didn't uh, necessarily have it in my mind to be a judge. Uh, it wasn't until several years into my career, I was still relatively early, I would say about uh, five or six years into uh, my practice, I thought that uh, being a judge would be something that I would do well. So uh, I then began, began aiming for that. So uh, I just feel like I'm doing something that I've been called to do and uh, something that I thoroughly enjoy. You found your purpose. Um, that's wonderful. Uh, wonderful. Um, and so, you know, as a judge, so can you tell us what the role of the Supreme Court justice is and, and why it's important? Okay. Well, uh, the Supreme Court of the state of New York uh, hears cases, the Court of General Jurisdiction, and they hear cases uh, where monetary value is over $25,000, and then, you know, a slew of other issues, including matrimonial matters, so uh, divorce issues, things that are attendant to that, uh, such as custody, um, my goodness, I um, contractual issues, um, uh, medical malpractice, um, foreclosure, mortgage foreclosure cases, uh, so there, there are a slew of things that uh, the uh, Supreme Court hears, and there are many people who are impacted by things such as uh, mortgage foreclosures, uh, clearly uh, divorce, and so it's a, it's a very important court, quite frankly. I, I, you know, the I think the judicial system overall is important. You know, I began my career in family court, although mm -hmm. I was elected to the civil court in 2007. Uh, the court system is permitted to uh, have judges uh, who are elected to uh, one lower court sit somewhere else. So I was uh, taken uh, to sit in family court, which is also a very, very important court. And um, yeah. really, I take my hat off to those who who do that. I will tell you honestly, that was not uh, an assignment of choice for okay. me because, you know, <laughs> listen, we're all wired differently. So yeah. it's difficult for me to wrap my head around certain circumstances. But, you know, you have to get beyond that and mm -hmm. uh, just do whatever it is you are uh, called to do at that moment. So there are people who do that every day and have been doing it for many, many, many years. And I really I take my hat off to them. That's a very important court as well. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel the same way. Um, it can be, you know, challenging, but a very important um, job. And, um, you know, what can I say? Um, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I, I do want to um, let our audience know that the Supreme Court, um, that's the highest court in the land, right? So your, your position, it's the kind of the, your, the final decision, correct? Well, um, the funny thing is that in New York State, the nomenclature of the state, uh, of, the, of the courts, rather, um, is different than from some other uh, in some of the states. Uh, in Pennsylvania, for example, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, the highest court is the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court. 
Um, however, in New York State, the highest court is actually called the Court of Appeal, right? Oh, okay. And that sounds like a, a, a court where you would appeal something from, but the highest court is the Court of Appeal. Beyond ah. that, uh, the lower, lower uh, or beneath the Court of Appeals are the Appellate Division Court, so it's Supreme Court Appellate Division. And mm -hmm. so the Appellate Division hears appeals from trial courts like uh, mine. So I am in a trial court. So what I am in, though, is the highest elected judicial position, right? So um, I initially was elected to the civil court, which is the lower court. Here's cases that are uh, 20, um, below $25,000. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where your, uh, your uh, small claims cases are heard as well. So the, those are uh, the, the lower court cases. And then um, beyond that is a Supreme Court. So I'm in the highest elected court in New York State. Beyond that, if you are to serve on any of the appellate courts or on the Court of Appeals, that is by appointment. Wow. Listen, thank you for um, for that um, definition for, you know, um, that that's that's good information to know. Um, for setting right. me straight on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll, I'll need it. It's it very confusing. <laughs> it can be because, you know, uh, New York City has uh, the civil court. Uh, other places like Westchester, they have the city court. Uh, Nassau County has district court. So different areas have different names for some of the courts that do the same thing. And as we speak, mm -hmm. there's an effort by the chief judge, Janet Fiori, to do consolidation which is ah. having some of the same names and so people are not as confused. So you know what, uh, Tawana, you're not the only one. There are people who uh, <laughs> practice law who are confused. You know, there are people who are judges who are confused. So oh, I, I that, get it. Listen, that's fine. Listen, I'm always up to learn something new. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind, please. I, I'd rather uh, know today than find out tomorrow. Uh, so, uh, so thank you for that. Um, and so, so I, one of my other, uh, questions I have for you is, um, you know, considering the needs you, you are Supreme court, uh, justice for the 11th district in Queens. And, mm -hmm. um, so considering the needs of the district of Queens, I know you're, you were elected. Um, mm -hmm. do you, can you discuss the importance of having a woman serve as the Supreme Court judge? Um, how, I you know, think, yeah, I think that it is very important to have a woman serve. It is important to have an African-American woman serve. Um, wow. it's important to have, um, Latina, uh, women and, uh, Latino men, uh, serve. Uh, we need to see increasing numbers of Asian men and women, and I say all of that to say, to circle back to your question, people have different experiences based on who they are. And whether that is your gender, whether that is your, um, your demographic group, your, uh, your socioeconomic status, you bring all of that with you when you preside. And it gives you a different sensibility um, when there are cases that are presented to you. Um, because um, if I see a case that um, comes from Southeast Queens, for example, it might give me a different sensibility, um, being that I am from Southeast Queens. So everybody brings something different, um, a different asset. 
And I think being a woman um, is one of those things. Uh, my gender uh, might be one of the things that might assist me. Being a mom, uh, for example, is something that might assist me in bringing a different view to cases that I handle. So it's important to have uh, people of different uh, genders, um, people who just have different backgrounds sit because um, they bring different perspectives and different uh, understandings to cases that are heard. And there are all kinds of people who come before us. And so those people, those litigants uh, or those people who are represented by attorneys, they need to have somebody who understands uh, what their uh, perspective might be. So I think that's the important. Wow. Um, so I, I know that, um, that you, um, worked on some projects, some, you know, community, uh, initiatives. Um, can you discuss uh, a little bit about your the quilt project? All right. Well, okay. So the quilt project, that was when I was in family court. Um, I thought it, I met, um, a, a quilter uh, named Diane Cryer. Holland. And um, so I, I asked her whether or not she would be interested in working with the survivors of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. doing and she thought that was an, an awesome idea. And so she worked together uh, with some of the survivors of uh, domestic uh, violence um, coming from uh, family court in Queens. And uh, they created this awesome, wonderful quilt which last I knew still hangs in the lower atrium of Queen's Family Court. So that was just a um, wonderful um, accomplishment. That was done in 2008. The quilt was, uh, the quilt was dedicated in uh, February of 2009. And mm -hmm. I believe 11 years later, it's still there. So that was just a wonderful thing. Um, um, I have um, uh, sensibilities of uh, wanting to be involved in the community. Um, being a judge uh, limits some of the things that you can do um, right. because there are certain ethical things and you need to be very careful about how you lend the prestige of your, your title uh, or office. But I like to find different ways to still be involved. Um, in 2019, uh, what I worked uh, on with uh, the Deputy Chief Administrative Judge Edwina Mendelson, she's Deputy Chief Administrative Judge for uh, justice initiatives, uh, work together with her to have uh, these different uh, community forums on Raise the Age, which is raising the age of criminal responsibility um, in New York State. New York State was, despite the fact that it has a uh, background and a reputation of being extraordinarily liberal, it was the 49th state to enact uh, Raise the Age laws. Um, wow. Right up there with North Carolina, which was number 50. So that's hard to believe, but uh, but it's a fact. And so um, I thought it would be great to bring the information to the uh, to the public, um, particularly to where I am in Southeast Queens. Um, so that was my contribution to do so. Now I will tell you something. I don't actually do raise the age, which is a criminal, um, mm -hmm. which is something that comes out of the the criminal uh, justice arena. But I thought that it was important to bring people who were, in fact, knowledgeable uh, to uh, hear uh, so that people could hear and learn and ask any kind of, of questions. Um, I have a soror uh, uh, named uh, the Honorable uh, Lenora 
uh, Gerald James, uh, who uh, presides over the youth court, for example, and she mm-hmm. was at one of our forums, and uh, there's just a lot uh, to learn on that matter. So, you know, I still try to make contributions where I can. I, I, I think that's wonderful. Um, I, I, I also didn't know that you were part of a sorority, but I should have guessed Temple University, right? You said, <laughs> which, uh, which well, yes, I went to Temple to? University, but I have to tell you, I did not um, uh, become initiated into a sorority until way, 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 way later. Um, in 2013. So, I mean, I'm just a relatively new member of a sorority, quite frankly. So there are the, you know, I've, there are so many people I look up to. Uh, Alpha Kappa Alpha, the uh, Epsilon <laughs> Omega chapter. So. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Pink and green, the pink and green, right? That's right. I am not That's... a member of a sorority. I am actually thinking about it, but I know that uh, I, I have to figure out a way to, uh, to, <laughs> to get in there um but my god my god mom and uh god sister they're both pink and green aka's okay and, uh, all right and they... all right <laughs> so we know what you're gonna do then <laughs> i guess so i guess so yeah. um but yes, um, and and I love that idea of sisterhood and, and coming together yeah. uh, for a cause or a purpose. And so this is right. a good segue, actually, to you know, to talking about you know community engagement, civic engagement. You know, um, how do you feel? You know about that? Um, you know, oh, I don't I feel, know. I, I feel, feel like it should be it. you know mandatory, like you know, like oh. serving in the military is is it's mandatory <laughs> oh in other gosh. countries, but. But uh, yeah. how do you feel about that? Listen, I, you know, we can't mandate that. I mean, people have civil liberties. They have the right to be engaged or not. But uh, from my perspective, uh, to whom much is given, uh, much is required. Um, that's biblical. And um, so I believe that I've been incredibly blessed, and I believe that I should be giving back. And I'm always, as long as I live and breathe, I'm going to find a way to, to give back. Um, and then what I'm doing is I'm raising a young lady and I will also, or I still am, not I will, but I am imparting to her the need to be engaged in your community. So, you know, what we can do is be engaged. We can encourage um, the, not just the children that we raise, but the children who are around us to understand the importance of being involved so that every generation understands what's important. Okay, that's Highly. fair, Justice. Justice, that's it's, fair. It's <laughs> okay. Um, um, I, I, I like your, I like your, your response. Um, I, anyway, I have my opinions, and I will uh, save them for another, another day. Um, I just, okay. I just think that the, we can do soldiers, so much. The soldiers yeah. who are drafted for community <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, well, okay. L- listen, I have, I do. I have family that are in the military. My grandfather, God rest wow. his soul, was in the army. I wow. have two cousins, um, uh, army and navy, and uh, wow. actually, a third cousin actually who is uh, retired out of the the, the army. Um, but so I've known a lot of, of military, and 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 I can wow. say, you know, in my in my opinion, it's been for for the betterment. But I do understand, um, yes. you know, God bless them for their service. Thank you, thank you so much. I, I will let them know that you that you send your blessings. Um, so, um, and and I, you know, I kind of probably should have maybe uh, talked about this at the top of the uh, the interview, but in tr- you you spoke about 
you know, the court system. And then we talked about COVID. And But I, I just wanted to talk uh, a little bit about how this pandemic uh, is mm-hmm. is affecting the way the courts are managed. Um, mm-hmm. What's happening? Can well, you share right some now, Yeah, well, right now we're operating uh, virtually. So there are a lot of things, conferences, for example, that are taking place uh, via Skype. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain meetings that we have to have that are taking place by Skype. I've presided, for example, uh, over uh, hearings on four separate occasions uh, during the month of April, mental hygiene hearings regarding mental patients. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was done virtually. So I do it. I'm in my home and everybody's at their home, the clerk of the court, the different wow. attorney. So we all come together, uh, the patients in the hospital, the doctors who testify, they're in the hospital. Um, so we all come together via Skype to be able to ensure that these proceedings take place. So there are there are uh, cases that are deemed to be essential matters, um, like mental hygiene cases are essential matters. Uh, somebody needing to bring a certain order to show cause, for example, um, that's vital as considered an essential matter. Certain criminal matters, uh, arraignments, for example, are deemed to be um, a central matter. So for the first few weeks, only the court was only handling essential matters. And so at this point, we are segueing into doing or handling non-essential matters. So, for example, if somebody has a case before me um, which involves a car accident um, and uh one of or one or both or more parties have a motion, let's say a summary judgment mm-hmm. motion to dismiss the case. Now, that would not be deemed to be an essential matter. But now mm-hmm. we are segueing to handling those matters by being able to access uh, remotely the files um, in the hard drive and uh, being able to write decisions and doing um, an e-signature and so on. So um, that's what we're doing now. Um, there are yeah. still limitations, uh, things that the administrators have to decide upon in terms of when we begin to uh, function as we have been functioning, because I don't think that they're doing non-essential filings um, uh, at this point in time. Uh, so there's still uh, a lot ahead of us, but we are slowly but surely beginning to do some things. And I just want to also make mention that uh, I presided over a uh, a matter for about three weeks um, before I left the building um, in Queen Supreme um, for the, I'm going to say, well, the, not the last time I'll be there again, but the last time that I was there was, um, I guess, about March uh, 19th. And mm-hmm. um, for three weeks, we had pretty much the same jurors, but then things got crazy. And uh, one of the jurors called in and said that she had COVID-19 symptoms. Oh, and, uh, yeah, and uh, so of course I excused her, but the problem was that she had been sitting in close proximity to other jurors mm-hmm. for approximately three weeks. Uh, I started to declare a mistrial, um, but then I decided that I would allow the jurors. After telling the jurors about the juror who was ill, I thought that I would give them that opportunity. And do you believe that most of the people who were in that jury box decided to stay? Only two left, and the rest remained. And I mean, I just take I just take my hat off. It says a lot about the public. You know, we get a uh, we hear a lot about people who 
don't want to serve on juries and they want to try and find excuses not to serve. But these dedicated people continued to, to serve uh, until uh, they reached the verdict the following day. And um, so that, that to me was an amazing thing. Um, that juror, by the way, turned out to be the first known juror in the state of New York to test positive for COVID-19. Oh my goodness. Do we know how she is? Do we know I actually, I, I actually called her. I called her a couple oh, of weeks later. I, wow. called, I called all the jurors because I was very concerned about all of them. And uh, she was improving. Um, good. And she so was good. thinking about going back to work. And of course I t- talked to her and I said, you know what you work. She actually works in a, um, an urgent care facility. I said, what? You know what? You might, yeah, I said, you might nice. want to just wait until you believe that you're fully uh, healed before you go back to work. But uh, the other jurors that I spoke to were fine. Nobody had gotten sick. So that was a great thing. Well, that's a testament to her, too, also, because if she already worked in an urgent mm-hmm. care facility and did not use mm-hmm. that as a way to get out of jury service, right? Yeah. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I dread jury service. <laughs> I mean, I will do it. I will make up not to. But, you know, when you get the notice, right. <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know you what? Know, it's, but... it's, it's a disruption. It, it feels like a disruption of your life. You know, you have a, a certain way of operating. You have things that need to be done. And all of a sudden, you've got to put those things on hold. And uh, mm-hmm. when I have uh, a jury, I try to respect their time because I understand. Uh, yes. They are busy just like I'm busy. And uh, what they have to do is not anything less important than what anybody else has to do. So uh, I try to keep them apprised of the scheduling. If there's a particular day that a case is not going to be, the case is not going to go forward, I try to let them know in advance so they can know how to plan their day, um, for mm-hmm. example. But, um, yeah, so I, I just, um, That's based on that COVID-19 experience, I just have a lot of uh, regard for um, many of the people who come and serve on juries. And, and that also comes, I think, with experience as well. Um, and that's great. And, and speaking of busy, <laughs> speaking of busy, um, you know, you mentioned earlier that you have a school-aged child, um, mm-hmm. you know, who's uh, who's learning from home, who's, uh, you know, attending school from home, like most uh, uh, New York City uh, school children. Um, mm-hmm. So how how do you manage mom duties as a busy Supreme Court judge? What do you have any suggestions for our audience out there, the, the moms out oh. there just trying to adjust? Like, you have any tips that you, you, you know get what? something that's created? Yeah. I can, that can you know what I can't even. Everyone has to um, find that that perfect. Well, I won't even say perfect because there is no perfect balance, but find the right balance for for them. Now, in my case, as I said. For uh, three weeks or so, the court was only working on essential matters. So um, until I started doing, I did uh, a couple of those uh, uh, mental hygiene hearings, I was privileged, frankly, to be able to just focus on um, educating her. So now that we have moved on to non-essential matters, uh, now I've got to strike a different balance because it's going to be more involved. Now, I have to say, I have some. I have two awesome attorneys um, who work for me. My principal law clerk, uh, Melissa DeBerry, my um, assistant law clerk, Simone Gray. So they uh, will be working on decisions and then sending them to me. So they're going to be doing a lot of that work. Um, mm-hmm. But I still 
uh, have to make sure that I am striking the balance with this busy, busy young lady. So, um, what we I, I see she's is, very busy. <laughs> yeah, she is. You know, what I, what I have to do is I have to do scheduling that works for us. Um, with the um, online remote program, you know, they're doing certain things at a certain time, and we try and follow along as much as we can. But the advantage that um, on uh, that, that uh, in-school homing, uh, homeschooling rather has is that it can continue until whatever time. So if I'm not able to get to something whenever they're doing it at one o'clock, for example, I can get to that at four o'clock. You know, I can get to that uh. at six o'clock. You know, I can get to certain things over the weekend. I mean, you know, we didn't get a chance to do her spelling test. She's going to have a spelling test today, whether she likes it or not. So, you know, <laughs> uh, I just have to find scheduling that works for us. I mean, education doesn't end. Right. right. Um, so it's got to be a continuous process. And um, when she goes back to school um, in September, praying that everything will be a lot better by then, uh, I expect her to be uh, just as up to snuff on things that she would have been had she uh, been in school uh, till the end of June. So um, that's what um, that's what uh, I'm up to with that. But it's it's a lot. It's a lot. You know, I try to give her. Uh, break uh, so that she can uh, play a little bit and then when that's over we get back to whatever we're doing whether it's math or writing or, or whatever it is so wow yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenge but uh, it's a positive challenge because um, it really has helped me to grow in a lot of ways um, just like any challenge so it's, it's a good that's thing that's amazing I mean Really, I mean, you, 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 you're a dynamo. You, <laughs> you seem to be doing it all and doing it well. And, uh, and you know, and uh, you know, I thank you for your example. Um, but uh, before we we end our our interview, I, I want to make sure you, you you sound like you're taking care of yourself. Um, what are your self? What's your self care routine or regimen? You, do you have one? Um, well, uh, I believe in finding a little bit of time for myself just so that I can decompress. Um, mm -hmm. When you have a lot of things going on, it's not always easy um, to find that. Um, another positive thing about uh, not being in the usual routine right now, quite frankly, is that I do have that time. So it's not just um, I'm just running. I got to go to court. I got to drop my daughter off. I got to pick her up and you know a lot of what I do my daughter's name is Sydney I, I call my role driving Miss Sydney you know because I drive Miss Daisy because you know she goes to school she goes to her music lesson she goes to dance she goes to taekwondo she goes to liturgical dance so it's just a lot of driving and all of that stuff and picking up so uh you know it is important to uh find some time to decompress uh to exhale uh, mm -hmm. somewhat uh, to uh, try and eat in a healthy fashion um, and um, you know that's, that's that's what it is because I plan to be around with a young child and I'm planning to be around for a time to come that's so, right you have no uh, choice <laughs> that's right that's right 
Oh, listen, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, please keep keep it up. And and I want to thank you for joining me today on T's Table Talk, uh, Supreme Court Justice Sheree Bugs. And I, I, I hope I pronounced it right. Is it with Sheree or Sheree? You absolutely. You're a pro. Uh, okay. You're a pro. Absolutely perfect. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. And thank you for your example. Thank you for your time today. Because I know, as you stated, you know, you're a busy lady. And, you know, and you're, you know, from Southeast Queens and, you know, and you are a just a wonderful example for women everywhere. So I thank you for joining me today thank on Tuesday. Thank you so Talk. much, Juana. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you, too. Okay. Bye-bye.